0: to
1: fight anymore. I'm also just a girl. hate to float. Standing in front of a
2: boy. Such a
1: great audience. All your talkers up in here.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Incentiphiles Attack, a weekly podcast where foreign movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Mella, Josh,
2: and Lacey.
0: What it do, baby booze?
2: What's While up? Here, Good!
0: I was talking to our listeners. But... Oh, oh. Fuck.
2: I knew. Fuck me, then. Fuck me, too.
3: Recording's canceled.
0: <laughs> Thank you for pressing play, Thank you for being with us, whether this is your first or millionth episode. Take a moment, rate, review us, follow us on whatever platform you are listening on right now. Reviews on Apple Podcasts mean a lot. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CinephileAttack. Interact with us, DM us, let us know how wrong Josh is about everything. Hey, what? I was, I've been playing along. I know, you're being so nice today. Um, <laughs> We love you. Thank you. How are my other baby booze?
1: I'm
2: doing just fine. Oh, now we respond? No. Not
0: you. Not you.
2: Got it. Got Have it. You threatened
0: me. You threatened me before we got off the on the mic today. You
2: know what you did. You know exactly what you did.
0: Maybe I do. Maybe I
2: don't. Mr. Stirring the pot over at your apartment.
0: What can I say? It's in my blood. What are you now doing? Um, goulash. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's goulash.
0: Well, we made it through Halloween. We made it through the spooky season. We're in the interim between Halloween and Thanksgiving. This past spring, we did an episode on the Disney Renaissance. We had some fights. We had some bloodshed over those famous kids' films. (laughs) And we thought, (laughs) why not do it again? Hey. This episode, we're going to be focusing solely on Pixar animation. It's going to be a bloodbath, but we're going to get through it. Right,
3: guys?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Are you talking to me yet or am I not involved in this conversation still? Lacey, come back. I miss you. Oh, thanks, Mel. I'll stay for you.
0: Lacey, come back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you listened uh, last May, we went through the Disney Renaissance. We had a few different categories and we whittled down to what collectively was our superlatives for the Disney Renaissance. We had the best opening, we had the best ending, the best character, sidekick, what have you, and um, somehow we did it. So we're gonna do it again with the Pixar Animation Studios, which is a computer animation studio known for its critically and commercially successful animated feature films. It began in 1979 as part of Lucasfilms and was acquired by Disney in 2006. Since its inauguration, Pixar has produced 24 feature films, beginning with Damn. Toy Story in 1995, which was the first fully computer animated feature film, and most recently, this past summer, with Luca. Out of those 24 films, they have earned 23 Academy Awards, 10 Golden Globes, 11 Grammys, and at least five of these movies are some of the highest grossing films of all time. Damn.
2: That's impressive. Mm-hmm.
0: Very impressive. So much so that if a Pixar movie is nominated for Best Animated Feature, it will win.
1: Period.
0: There have only been four movies out of their entire catalog that have been nominated and not won. And that's Monsters, Inc., Cars, Incredibles 2, and Onward.
3: Time to else. out. What happened? Who beat Monsters, Inc.?
0: So it lost to a movie that we have actually done on the podcast, Anaconda, the two thousand one film Shrek. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, oh fuck yeah! I mean, yeah, suck
3: it, monsters! Ain't
1: it? Shrek.
0: Hey, don't do this.
1: Shrek is a goodie.
0: So speaking of pre mic banter, Josh, you said something
1: Ooh, before shit. we hit
0: record that I just want to get into a little bit. I'm not attacking you yet, <clears throat> but you said that. This was a little difficult for you because out of all of Pixar's films, there are no 10s. They're all 8s.
3: Right. And because I, you're also leaving out how we were talking about emotion before that. And I was talking about the context was emotional. I'm not attached to any of these in the, in the way that I'm attached to, say, Aladdin or Hercules. So the 8 is emotion.
0: Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll cut this out. No.
3: <laughs> Why not? I'll, I'll I'll lean into it. There is one that I think might be a 10, one or two. But for the most part, I think head to head, a lot of the Disney Renaissance movies would beat most of the Pixar movies in a head to head.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Stay yeah. tuned for our next episode. <laughs>
0: All right, that's a bold statement that I don't have the emotional bandwidth to take on right now. So I'm going to kick it to my co-host, Uh, Let's start nice like we always do. What's your favorite Pixar film?
2: Hands down, my favorite Pixar film is Inside Out. During our Best Movies of the Decade episode, I fought very, very hard for my best ensemble of Inside Out, and I stand by it. We actually just watched it again this morning, and it just affirmed for me what a special movie it is. It's visually colorful and beautiful. It has really cool moments of animation. The casting is just superb. It's absolutely fantastic. No other Pixar movie has touched me as much as Inside Out has like really spoken to me. And it's stuck with me since I saw it in theaters with Josh's mom (laughs) and our best friend Haley. I wasn't there though. (laughs) No. (laughs) So Inside Out is my favorite. I love it.
0: As much as I fought you on that episode, Inside Out is definitely one of my favorites, but I have to go with Ratatouille. I... I didn't know this. Let's go. I love Ratatouille so much, and I think there might be... Obviously, there's more popular films on the list, but I just think Ratatouille should not work, and it works so well. I love Remy. It's just warm and... Unique and it makes me want to go to Paris. You know, there's another movie this past year that ended with the finale full of rats, and I felt equally as warm about it. And, um, <laughs> that took me a minute.
1: <laughs> Why am I, yeah, lost? I just, what I, is that? Somebody explain it.
0: It's Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> oh, someone seen explain it.
3: it. It's very <laughs> explanatory.
0: <laughs> I really gravitate towards Ratatouille every time I try to think about what my favorite Pixar movie is. And the moments in other films that I love more, I keep coming back to just the way Ratatouille leaves you feeling. And it's just about one individual, obviously not a person, but one individual who achieves their dreams. And I think that's so sweet.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Mine, actually, a fun fact, was almost sent straight to video. Thankfully, it wasn't because it ended up being one of, if not the best sequel of all time, and that is Toy Story 2. Yay. I fucking I fucking love Toy Story. I fucking love Toy Story 2. It's got such a, a such a clean journey of a storyline in terms of the y- opening with the yard sale and Buzz having to lead all the toys instead of Woody and, and, and Woody meeting the Roundup gang and Al's Toy Barn and the villain reveal of the prospector at the end. It's just all gold. Like, start to finish, each one of the side characters, we've already met them, we already know who they are, kind of what they're about, so they all get expanded moments of jokes and dialogue and character realization, and you get more time with the dog. Toy Story (laughs) 2, it's a 10.
1: Yo, mine is the same. Mine's also a Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2? Yeah. Let's fucking go. I realized when we were making this list that I had to... (laughs) relax because all of my answers could have been toy story 2 truly yeah,
3: all of mine were literally yeah
1: it's just like so good it's definitely i want to say maybe correct me if i'm wrong i want to say it's on the list of the sequels better than the first one it's on my personal list because we get jesse in this one like you said we get like so many other characters we get barbie all of the toys from our childhood are popping out the box on this one Oh, it's just so good. I yeah. Toy Story Two is definitely a fave.
3: Toy Story Two is so
0: good.
2: <laughs> Have fun duking it out this episode, you too. Seriously.
0: I really did not know that. That was my initial answer. was Toy Story Two as well. Just
3: three Toy Story Twos. <laughs> <Just, Yeah. laughs> let's go. <laughs>
0: I'm glad I changed it. If you listen to the show, you've listened to a few of our showdown episodes. Uh the best of the decade, the Oscars. The Disney episode was quite different and we will be doing this the exact same way in that four choices will go into each round, but we are looking to eliminate three and come out with one answer each round. It's a lot more difficult. It's a lot more contentious. It's a lot more controversial because our answer will be our answer for all four of us. And the list we will have at the end of this episode will speak for all four people. So Five rounds, five superlatives. Are you guys ready for the Pixar showdown?
3: Yes.
0: (gasps) Round one. Our first category is the best concept from the Pixar oeuvre. Oh, shit. Mm. Drinking Truly, but I feel like I'm drinking
3: wine.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going first. I'm changing mine on the fly. I'm going to go with 2001's Monster Z.
3: My vote for best concept is 2008's WALL-E. Um.
0: <laughs> My choice for best concept is 2020's SOUL.
2: I thought for sure you were going to take mine from me. I was positive I was you were going to take it. I was about to. <laughs> I'm saying 2015's Inside Out.
3: So, we have to choose one. Who wants to fire the opening shot?
1: I suppose I will. Monsters Inc. I saw this recently. I didn't really totally hone in as a kid on what this concept actually is. Because you're watching it as a fucking kid. Oh my God, all of the little things about it, it being about like a scare factory and this whole factory just surviving on children's screams. It seems like such an easy thing on paper. But then, of course, because it's Pixar, they go into hella detail. The whole factory with the doors on rotation. Everything they've thought of. The factory is behind, I guess, technically the closet of these kids, and they just go in at a certain time at night.
3: Yeah. Whoa, atta boy, atta boy. Coming right
1: up. Everything is just so detailed and perfect whereas like even if it was just a sentence on a paper you would be like, Yeah, fuck it. Let's just like turn the monsters into nice guys, except for Randall. Isn't
3: it solid? Isn't the best?
1: Yeah. It's the <laughs> best. <laughs>
3: WALL-E is the only concept on this board that is tackling topical, dangerous, timely issues here.
2: That doesn't make it the best.
3: It could. So let me... Let me... Does it make it the best?
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. WALL-E is two incredible concepts seamlessly folded into one. The trials of this lonely robot tasked with cleaning up the Earth seemingly forever because his job is unending... Uh, And yet his his budding sentience and his desire for companionship uh, on a crash course with basically the hubris of man and what we've become and what we've done to ourselves and to our planet. And then uh, all wrapped up in a nice bow and the finishing of we can change, we can be better, and we can fix ourselves, and we can fix the planet. We just have to try. And it takes a lot of effort and maybe in a little bit of love. Come on. Mm -hmm
0: not many animated films not many live action films are bold enough to tackle the afterlife and it's one thing to attempt it it's another thing to execute it perfectly through comedy and emotion and adventure even after you get past the high concept of going to the afterlife and what your soul does i think the Nugget of the concept is just dealing with purpose. Like what is your purpose in life? You expect it from Pixar, but even expecting it from Pixar, they kind of sideswipe you and take you by surprise with how deep they're really ready to go. And I think Soul just captures that that feeling of what am what what am I supposed to do? What am I here for? In an animated film. That's it. Hmm.
3: What about what about ghost? With Swayze. Animated film. But you said live action, too. It tackles the afterlife.
2: Not the same. Not Josh, leave it out. What are you What's doing?
0: <laughs> he's oh, he's going okay. for daggers, and I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> Bruce Almighty kind of does it.
2: No. He's
3: not afterlife? dead. No, yeah, it's more about religion. What about Evan Almighty? Yeah, bring that up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Inside Out is the fucking most brilliant concept as far as relaying a story and a message about what's going on inside of all of us all the time it literally brings what's going on inside out and it shows us the personification for all of our emotions all of our thoughts and feelings it breaks down different concepts and parts of our brains the ways that we, that we process things. I mean, re-watching it today, I really like was taken aback because you have imagination land and you have, you know, the void. You have the place where memories go when they die and when you don't need them anymore. You have a literal train of thought connecting one part of Riley's consciousness to another. It's Broccoli. <laughs> yes! Well? I just saved our lives. Yeah. yeah,
3: you're welcome. Riley, if you don't eat your dinner, you're not gonna get any dessert. Wait, did he just say we couldn't have dessert?
2: That's anger. He cares very deeply about things being fair. So
3: that's how you want to play it, old man? No dessert? Oh, sure. We'll eat our dinner right after you eat this! <laughs> right, right, here comes an airplane. <laughs> oh, airplane. We got an airplane, everybody.
2: Oh, an airplane. All of these vessels are being used to tell the story of Riley, a protagonist that we're all invested in because she has been uprooted and moved to a new place. Something, even if you've never moved before, being new in something is, is a universal feeling, I think. And feeling other is something that a lot of us can identify with. So right away as an audience member you're attached to this protagonist and you've felt the majority of the things that she's feeling and experiencing without being able to really understand or put words to why. And this movie helps us do that and it gives a voice to kids to start processing and understanding what they're feeling and they're experiencing and their emotions and what their emotions are. And it's it's perfect. It's a perfect movie.
3: Here's the dilemma. When we first started talking about this, mm-hmm. and obviously you can't vote for yourself. When I heard everyone's answers, I was like, oh, I want to vote for Inside Out. And I like Inside Out more. Now I'm going to be honest, I'm not voting for Monsters, Inc. But then I thought about it, and Rashawn talked about it, I'm having to really separate the movies from their concept. Because I, I like Inside Out more as a movie but Soul's concept is a little more interesting to me. Um. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was not, I was
3: not expecting that. Um, I wasn't either. Hmm.
1: Because they kind of are similar in concept. Is that? Or you're just no? Okay.
3: Inside Out, I feel like it's concept. Its elevator pitch is what Joy says near the beginning. I wonder what's going on inside of her head. The TikTok audio. And that's kind of the concept. If you boil it down, we're all kind of talking about the deeper layers of the meaning of the movie. But we got to boil it down to the concept of what's the what's the plot, what's happening.
0: I think Soul is the least of the four to have a great elevator pitch. I don't think you can boil it down to like a quick log line. But I think it does the most with its concept. And it's the most unique, I think.
3: You know, easy and unique. Wally is pretty unique. Don't turn on me. Don't turn on me. I'm just saying
0: <laughs> the first the first half of of Wally is a great concept and I love that it's a silent film and it's set in this post-apocalyptic world, but there's no it's not desolate and and depressing. Like they they still find wonder in setting a movie around a, a trash compactor. And then the people come in, and I get less interested. But I really. But didn't. that's
3: also when Eve comes in. Mm-mm. No, Eve comes in before that. A little, but then she goes up to the humans, and then it becomes a love story.
2: It's a sure. love story when she's there. Yeah,
3: yeah. But then because they're dancing, the
0: they're dancing in space for a while. You watch that's Lily with, with the humans.
3: Uh, no, 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 no. The space dance is with the humans.
0: Oh, uh, well, we watched it
3: fifteen minutes ago.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> I remember that very differently. I remember there being like a good 40 minutes before the humans come in. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I, I think soul has the more difficult approach because it's not just toys come alive or fish talk. The afterlife is a much more broad and vague concept, but what they do with that concept and in, in separating your soul from your body, yeah, I think they execute that really well.
3: What if that's what if that's the logline is, what happens to your soul before and after you die? Boom, logline.
0: Boom. Get out so the I elevator. did.
3: So I did narrow it down. So you're wrong.
0: I'm happy to be wrong, if you vote for me.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, don't bribe
3: me <laughs> with my favorite thing.
0: <laughs> I no know you love being right.
2: <laughs> I feel a little swayed now, but I want to commend Mela because. Monsters Inc is not the first movie that I would have is not the first movie that came to my head as far as conceptually for Pixar, but your explanation of it and thinking about it I do think also there's
1: if we get like deeper into it, it's kind of not only just you know it monsters aren't really real or whatever that concept is. It's good and evil type of thing, like people are not always as they seem. And Boo is technically us. And she's fell in love with Sully, who to other people are scary and big and, you know, their biggest fears. But she's like, oh, Kitty. And it <laughs> so it goes deeper than just what's on the paper, which I think is what I found when I was watching it as an adult. Is like, oh, damn, they really went deep with this. But as a kid, you're just like, oh, the things are, you know, not as scary if you just look at them again.
3: The thing i like about monsters inc and i don't know if this again i don't know if this is concept i think this might fall under once the concept is laid out and this is a a bit maybe it is concept is a pretty vague term but i think what sets monsters inc aside is the bureaucracy of it all they take this thing like monsters scaring children and if you have a punch card and there's a secretary and his name is mike even for kids it it narrows it down to this is just a job they don't want to scare him it's a I would say that's part of the concept, uh, given that it's in the name, and I think that's what sets it aside from a lot of other movies, too.
0: Mm-hmm. This has been so like cordial. Wow, look <laughs> at
3: us. But the thing is, because concept is such a heady idea, yeah. that it's hard to nail down the best of something so...
2: Broad, even. Yeah.
3: yeah. Plus, no one, no one feels slighted yet, because they haven't been voted against them, so... <laughs>
2: I also think Noah feels slighted because we all brought really good options. We all yeah. brought really good <laughs> concepts. Let's keep it polite, Josh. We're doing well.
3: No, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting itchy. You know itchy, your husband. So
2: Lacey, come on.
3: Let's, let's finish this round and get to the next one because the next one's already going to pop
1: off. Oh, God. All right. We're voting in the same order.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: My vote goes to Wally.
3: Let's fucking go. Wait.
1: Uh, We're voting for... One that we want in.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you Are I'm you taking fine. your vote away? Mine you was were Eliminating least. Wally. You were eliminating, I was eliminating Wally. Eliminating Wally. Oh. You just showed your whole ass.
1: <laughs>
0: so we are voting in for in the, the first movie round. The one concept to survive.
1: Oh fucking shit. Oh that's said,
2: Fuck your robot. Hands <laughs> and ankles.
3: Your whole ass is in the wind.
1: Hole is out. Um, I'm sorry. I'm voting for Inside Out.
3: I also love Inside Out. I didn't. I know I kind of spent some time shitting on it. You did. But I think it's. I think it's a really good concept. And I think it's a really good movie that sends a really good message to kids that it's okay to feel other emotions. Mm-hmm. That being said, honestly, Soul. Okay. Um.
0: I gotta vote for Monster Inc.
1: Yay! Kitty.
0: I absolutely love that concept. Yes, I love the movie. I, it's one of my favorite Pixar movies. But I think the concept of what Josh said, making that a company, punching in and out to scare children. I just think it, yeah, it's such a I death I stumped concept. for
3: everybody. You did.
2: You really did. No, you didn't.
3: Except for you. Yeah, that's right. No, Strength. you didn't. Please. <laughs>
2: I'm really torn because I, you really swayed me towards Rashawn, Josh, with your, with how you explained the concept of soul, but my heart is leaning towards Monsters, Inc. Come here, bitch. Say Monsters,
0: Inc. The arguments. Take the arguments.
2: I got a sock for you over here. We
0: are just getting started.
2: Is that a threat? Yes. Monsters, Inc. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Great. Great. Remember this.
2: I will. <laughs>
0: I
3: will play this back. That was tied for the last thing I thought was going to happen. I thought this was going to be a, a 1v1 soul versus Inside Out.
1: Honestly, yeah, me too. Actually, the seeds
0: have been sown. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'm going to stick all y'all in my tummy and squish you up in a cube and pile you up in a fucking pyramid. <laughs> no, thank you.
2: What the hell are you talking about? 'Cause he's a little bit Wally, trash, what Wally back, does with dude. trash.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hell are you talking
1: about?
3: Imagine if I just made that thread up on my own.
0: <laughs> the best concept of Pixar Studios is Monsters Inc. Round two. deciding the best character
1: oh my goodness
3: big swing for round two
1: the best <laughs> character i oh, jj yeah, okay. all right going first again my character is Dory from finding Nemo or uh finding Dory either or
0: nah you need to decide
1: finding Nemo the same they're Dory different. what the hell no they're different. The there's different there's
3: there's a growth she sucks on finding Dory
1: Oh, shut up! So you
3: pick You did. You
0: picked. So if answer. you
1: choose Woody from <laughs> Toy Story Four, it's not the same Woody from Toy Story Two. No,
3: those are very different Woodies. He's not the same. Y'all He's great are four, crazy.
1: But... Y'all are crazy.
3: My choice for best character in all of Pixar is Jesse from Toy Story Two. <sighs> Fucking
1: Josh.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: My entry for best character is a little robot. Named Wally.
3: The Wally Slander will continue.
2: (laughs) It stops here.
0: Gotta be transparent at the top of the app. My choice for best character is a little guy with big dreams. Fuck. And that's Remy from Ratatouille.
1: Fuck. What? I thought you were going to choose something else.
0: Oh, because of what we talked about. Yeah. Threw that away because I thought someone else was going to say him.
1: But they didn't, so why did you say it now?
0: No, I'm going with my heart.
3: I'll start. Jessie, the cowgirl. Yeah, Woody may have been the layman's choice. But Jessie, within minutes of meeting her, you know exactly who she is. She's energetic. She's funny. She's lively. She's the cowgirl part of the Roundup Gang. Maybe she's got a trusty horse bullseye. But then upon meeting her and learning more about her, the depth of Jessie's character... Her intense ferocity to be with Woody, to find this collection because she's dealing with trauma at being left at a donation center on the side of the road with Sarah McLaughlin playing over it. She's constantly dealing with trauma. She is a, a fantastic showcase in friendship in this movie. Her and Woody are friends. And that's it. They're platonic friends. It's Cowgirl, Cowboy, Jesse, and Woody. And also, I know this isn't really part of it, but she's voiced by John Cusack, baby. What more could you want?
2: That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about.
3: Now it's in your head.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The jury will strike
3: that from the record. Fine, I don't give a fuck. She's funny. She's sweet. She's sad.
1: Aww.
3: She's brave as fuck. She
1: has yarn hair.
3: She has yarn hair. She's got a. She's got a pet bullseye. What more could you want? Bullseye's buzzes. I mean, Woody's.
1: <laughs> but she
3: pulls up with him. Yeah she had, That's the thing. Bullseye wasn't even hers, but she adopted him like he was until Woody entered
2: the picture.
0: They're roommates at best. Whoa. Bullseye and
2: Jesse? No. Yes. yes. They're they are like siblings. Oh, yeah.
1: Like <laughs> siblings. I was going to say
0: lovers. <laughs> Relax.
2: No,
1: I was just thinking more like pet and owner, but siblings, I guess I'll see that. I'll
3: rest my case.
2: Wally! He's
3: like a goddamn Pokemon
2: says, like, two words throughout the whole movie. And yet you know exactly what this character is thinking. You know exactly what they are feeling. This little robot in the first 20 minutes of the film makes you laugh, makes you cry, makes you curious. Like, you don't know why he's doing the things he's doing, but he's this hardworking little guy. He's so pure of heart and I just, I mean, look at him. <laughs> he's, he's a He's, cute. he's uh, I mean, like, I really can't think of another better way to describe him, but he's just pure and truly just cares about other people. Am I I'm wrong?
0: Not. No, you're not wrong. I think my guy, my little guy, <laughs> is, come on, a rat who can cook? That is just...
1: It's pretty funny.
0: If I may be on the nose, chef's kiss. Am no.
1: I
3: right? No! <laughs> <laughs> Point A, Oh, she's overcome trauma. She she understands the meaning of family. She's funny. She's fierce. Point B, he's pure. He's all that's good in the world. He sees the best in everybody. Point C, This my focus a rat who can go... <laughs> <laughs> <Man>! <laughs> he is good enough
0: to be at a five star Parisian restaurant. I mean, that is such a great concept. I know that's not the category we're in right now, but what might set him apart from other characters like Wally is that he also has faults. He's a little bit too confident at times and he messes up things with his position in the restaurant he brings his family in because he's want he wants to be a chef that's his ultimate dream but he also wants to do right by his family and i think what they do so beautifully is that they show him having to like almost code switch between being a rat and being a (laughs) chef in a restaurant (laughs) honestly that's what it is you know what i mean where he has to kind of like I'm in a position where in this world, I seem like the dirt. I seem like the bottom of the barrel, but I can do what everyone in this restaurant can do better. And I think it's such a great character and they, they're not afraid to make him look too a little egocentric at times because he's like, I can fucking make Ratatouille, dude. Like I'm, I'm amazing. And he even gets caught up in his own celebrity at one point.
3: This is me. I think it's apparent I need to rethink my life a little bit. What's my problem? First of all, I'm a rat. Which means life is hard. And second, I have a highly developed sense of taste and smell. Flour, eggs, sugar, hmm, vanilla bean. Oh, small twist of lemon. Whoa, you can smell all that? You have a gift. This is Emil, my brother. He's easily impressed. All of
0: that comes together. Yes, it's a great concept. Yes, it's great writing and a great character design. But all of that comes together with Patton Oswalt, because we're You know what you're doing here. That's not fair. Don't use that. You started it. I'm finishing it.
2: (laughs) We're not supposed to do that.
0: But you're saying that because Wally don't have no celebrity voice, girl.
2: He doesn't need one. Dory wow. has a celebrity voice, but I ain't
1: going to throw it you in. You want to pull that card? Let's talk about it. her. I ain't going to throw that in. <laughs> I mean, Dory is, when you think of finding Nemo, that's the character that people think of. You don't mm-hmm. honestly think of Nemo. He's got the name, but you're not really, you're just on the journey to find him, but you wanna be on the journey without who? Dory. Completely lovable, even though she can't remember a fucking thing. Just like me, I see (laughs) why I I I, I see why I picked her. Um, (laughs) but she is just so loyal to like the very end, even though she's like fucked up most of the time. She's like, "No, I got you. I remember this address. I'm gonna find your son no matter what." What's the address? P42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. There it is.
3: Did you forget it, Mel?
1: I did. (laughs) I don't, even I don't even—I know
2: if that's right, but I think I'm close.
0: It's right. P. Sherman.
2: P. 22. Sherman. But she's
1: there to the very end, and even though, which, as you mm. mentioned, she has faults, and she still she still, like, overcomes them. And that's, like, her whole personality is just, like, well, yeah, I'm just, you know, an average fish, but I'm gonna help you find, like, find the way to your son. And we're gonna get into a little bit of trouble, but I'm gonna get you through it. <laughs> and she's a comic relief the whole fucking time.
0: What are her faults?
1: She has a fucked up memory.
0: That's not a fault.
1: That's, that's literally like... It's not a help. It's not a
0: help. A, but yeah. it's, not, it's not like a character flaw. I mean, it's a character flaw, but it's not like a... It's not something that she intentionally does. You know what I mean? Like, that's a really good character flaw that they gave her
3: to hold her back. That's not something to overcome.
1: Well, right. I feel like also she is just like... She played too much. Like, whatever word you want to <laughs> use for that, she played too much. You know, like, she's just like, la, 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 I'm going to do, like, this whale Make this voice. fancy
3: in post, she played too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever <laughs> the professional word is for that, figure it out. For example, the scene where she's like, oh, I know whale calling. And then she just makes everything <laughs> so much worse. Where it's like, she's just trying to have a little fun. She you know? doesn't, though. She, like, she fixes yeah, she it. Doesn't. She fixes it. Well, yeah, that's what I, I just, I'm saying. Like, she does fix it. It's like a lot of things like that happen where it's like the jellyfish, they could just be totally roasted right there. But she's like, oh, let's jump on them. Honestly, she makes Marlin less uptight because he had a stick up the butt the whole time. And then she's like, no, you got to have a little I fun. Mean,
3: his wife died and he's looking for a son. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like it. Jesus Christ, he's a stick in the mind. <laughs> a fucking barracuda thrashed his house
3: in front of him.
0: He had one but kid left. Just one kid left.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what a square.
0: She's like, God, could Marlon be more lame? Jesus.
3: Well, what was I talking about? A son.
1: I mean, it's been a minute. Ah. <laughs> Get over it. I'm not, Look, <laughs> I'm not saying that. Marlon, it are over we it.
3: still talking about this? I'm not
1: saying that. I was just saying
3: that. I have short term memory loss, and even I remember you going on about your stupid fucking kid. Uh, shut up already.
1: <laughs> Y'all, <Yo>, shut up. <laughs>
2: Practical joke. It's not funny, and I know funny. I'm a clownfish. No, it's not. I know
1: it's not. I'm. I'm so sorry. See, I I suffer from short-term memory loss.
3: Short-term memory loss.
1: I don't believe this. No, it's true. I forget things almost instantly. It runs in my family. Well, I mean, at least I think it does.
3: Look, we keep talking about all these flaws and Ratatouille's flaw. Or sorry, Ratatouille. You know, the rat Ratatouille. Remy's (laughs) flaws the thing is with jesse with jesse you you see her flaws and you watch her take steps to overcome them in the movie she has trust issues what is so funny i'm trying to
1: make this perfect she can't let
2: it go he
1: said ratatouille dude because i called that rat ratatouille just yesterday <laughs> he said remy i said remy who is ratatouille <laughs> And I know I'm not alone on that.
0: Well, I'm here to correct that wrong. His name is Remy, and he's a rat that can cook.
3: That's my favorite character in a a bug's life, the ant. What's his name? Bug?
1: (laughs) Flick. No, that's Bug.
3: Y'all are monsters, Inc.
1: (laughs) I am going to lose it. Oh, my God.
3: Back to Jesse. Jesse all these characters have these issues aside from Wally. And it's really your persuasion. Do you want to see the embodiment of goodness or, or a flawed character? And that's up to the viewer. But with Jesse, you see her overcoming these as it goes along. She's got trust issues. So she's, she's vulnerable. So she trusts the prospector Gets burned by him. Then puts her faith in Woody and buzz and finally finds family. She, which she had family issues as well. She got ditched by her first owner. Then you see her overcome that, come to terms with it, and decide that you know maybe I'll give Andy a shot, and go to Andy. You see Jesse overcome all of this trauma that she's been stuck with, to finally have the happy life her and Bullseye deserve, Aww. and meets a, meets a spaceman.
2: I don't want to negate Wally though, just because he is pure good i think wally as a concept josh is a very bleak sad oh yeah idea of a movie so you need this beacon of light you need this vessel that is uh, literally a a representation of hope him coming up to the space shuttle and delivering the plant all of that reignites the hope of humanity of of change and of evolution and moving forward all by just being himself he never changes he never conforms Like the flaw is not within our character in this situation but our character still corrects the flaw by being themselves
0: i was only making that comparison not to shade wally but just to say what sets remy apart and that I think he's a more fully rounded character, whereas Wally is more of a cipher for the message of the movie. And I don't, I don't think Wally is like a fully fleshed out character.
1: <gasps> I'm gonna
3: shade Wally. Who do you think would win in a versus Wally or Remy? I
1: feel like Remy can fight
2: Remy because Wally isn't. He couldn't hurt him. He has a cockroach as a best friend.
3: No, I mean like in a rap battle. Oh, Remy. Remy.
2: Wally says two words.
3: You could say him rhythmically. (laughs) It was interesting. Rashawn. Yeah. When you talked about Remy code switching, why did I say Mm -hmm. it like that? When you talked about Remy code switching, do you think Remy is a black coded character?
0: Maybe not necessarily black, but I I think he does represent the other. And places where he's not, doesn't have access to because of who he is. I think that could be coded for any different type of, of minority or repressed people. Because, you know, especially setting it in a restaurant, they only look at rats one way. So yeah. that's just the setting that this world is in. I'm and look at ratatouille.
2: Hold on a second. I wanna go back. What do you mean Wally's not a fully fleshed out character?
0: I'm not I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that he the concept of Wally, what Wally represents is kind of like the idea of the whole movie. I don't think he's like a fully rounded false and all character. I think he is like I said, a cipher for what they're trying to say with the movie. I think Wally and Eve serve a bigger purpose than a single character like Remy or Jesse or Woody.
2: But I don't think our our character, our hero, has to be flawed in order for them to be a complete character, a complete concept or idea.
0: Agreed, agreed. But I think they should be for the best character.
3: But Lacy raised a good point, though. Is the in Wally the world is flawed and Wally is good around it, and that's that's an interesting take. That not a lot. Of, I mean. Especially Pixar doesn't really do. I know. Sure. But I,
0: I but I do want to reiterate I'm not like I'm not trying to say Wally is a bad character. I just You hate Wally. He serves, you he, hate no, Wally. He just serves, Move on. He Let's serves vote. a different purpose in his movie.
3: The purpose oh is God. to suck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're voting.
3: We're voting, we're voting. We're voting.
1: My vote goes to Jesse the Cowgirl.
3: You put up some good arguments this round, Rashawn. But my vote goes to Wally.
0: Yeah, I've heard this before.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Me too.
3: Oh,
0: don't do this, Lacey. Don't do because this, I'm...
2: Rashawn. You already did it. Go. What's you your vote? You already fucking did it.
0: What's your vote?
2: My vote is for Remy.
0: My vote is for Wally, so fuck off.
2: What? What? The
1: what the
3: More than Jesse?
1: Jesse's a shit. More than Jesse. You have What? One?
2: Rash- Rashawn, I don't understand you. I don't. What? What was the what? What was, what the, was reason? the reason?
3: <laughs> because I can't vote for myself. So he was trying to pull votes off of you because he wanted to vote for you. Why is that? Crazy? I do the I do the strategy all the time. When you have someone you're going to vote for, but you think yours has got a shot, you pull votes off the one you're going to vote for. You know what I mean?
1: Hmm.
0: You had my vote, Lacey. But I needed to attack you to get Josh and Mella to vote for me.
1: Damn, no one said Dory, huh? No, no.
2: One said Dory. Wow. I'm, I, I
3: thought y'all said Toy Story Two is your favorite Pixar movie. That's what I thought. You're awesome. gonna have heard, me wound up
2: right now. But Wally goes through.
3: Yeah, I just I remember if we could play back the beginning of the episode, you are both gonna say Toy Story Two. as your no, favorite that's, that won't be making it in the cut. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, thank you, management. I feel like if Lacey would have said Jesse, it would have been different. Why? Because they don't like me.
2: Well, you did that to yourself.
0: <laughs> Wally is the best character from Pixar Studios. Round 3. <gasps> Round three is the best scene out of the entire Pixar filmography.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I'm going first. I hate it here. My choice for best scene is Dash's first run from The Incredibles.
2: Hmm. Is it me? It's me. Mm. Oh no. I'm sticking with my little robot friend and I'm entering the space dance from Wall-E.
1: My favorite scene is from A Bug's Life when no way. Heimlich finally gets his butterfly wing. Oh, <laughs> I'm a beautiful butterfly. I'm flying. <laughs> I don't
3: care. I'm going to do it. I don't care. I don't care. I've already lost. I don't care. My all-time best scene from Pixar's library is also from The Incredibles. <clears throat> and that is... Prozone searching for his super suit. <laughs> That's a good one. I'll go first. Here's why I he said that. Full disclosure: it was going to be the balloons from Up, but something is sorely missing in our list, and that is uh, distinct references to humor. I think Pixar makes some incredible jokes. There are some timeless bits and i think the most timeless of all of their bits comes in the incredibles and that is frozone searching for a super suit of course to be accompanied by the character who sold the whole fucking movie who i, I if i remember incorrectly didn't even have a name at the time frozone's wife the greatest good he is ever going to get i would be remiss if i didn't at least try to put some of pixar's grade a humor into this superlative list
2: Honey? What?
1: Where's my super suit? What? Where is my super suit? I, uh, put it away. Where? Why do you need to know? I need it. Uh-uh. Don't you think about running off to doing no daring, do? We've been planning this dinner for two months. The public is in danger. My evening's in danger. You tell me where my suit is, woman. We are talking about the greater good. Right. I think Bugs Life gets lost get. a little bit because it's in between Toy Story and Toy Story Two, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> Heiberg is the funniest fucking character in that. <laughs> that no, whole... he's not, dude. I mean, it's just so funny, Heimlich. but he is just funny in himself. Like his whole thing is like he just wants to be a butterfly, like the whole movie, and at the end he gets it, but he's two chunks to dunks to fly. <laughs> That is so <laughs> funny and cute. And then all of his friends are like, we got you. And because they can fly, they fly every day in and out. They pick him up. And then I can't remember his name. The little beetle, little elephant beetle takes him on a journey. That is so cute. That is funny. And he's just, he it's thinks cute. he's flying. It's
3: not funny. It's cute.
1: Oh, it's, it's funny. It's funny because he's chunky.
3: It's
0: funny because he's ch-
1: If you were a little kid, you would be like, that's funny. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a little kid, and I think it's funny. (laughs) Whole ass,
3: this whole episode, just bearing it out.
0: (laughs) So I I want you guys to picture this. Take me there. You're 10 years old. Your parents are two of the greatest superheroes who ever lived, which means that you, in turn, get some amazing powers. You are the fastest kid alive. But this whole time your parents have told you there's no way you can use it. You can't show people how powerful you are. And so you and your sister get the chance to go rescue your parents. And for a minute, when you're running away from these saucers, these flying saucers that hold henchmen, you jump out onto the water And you're so scared, you're high energy, you're on so much adrenaline that you forget that you are literally running on water. And you look down, and you see your feet going, and you just have the biggest grin plastered across your face. This moment is so cool to watch as a kid. It's so cool to watch as an adult. I tear up every time I see his face discover, yeah, I'm a fucking incredible. And then the movie just swells. And the action scene takes off. I think The Incredibles has some of the best action scenes, period, for any superhero film, live action or animated. And this set piece is so, 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 so good. And in the middle of that is this really great character moment of Dash realizing, like, as a 10-year-old, I'm the shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. It's probably, I mean, duh, it's my favorite Pixar moment ever. But it, it's it's great. Love it.
2: You guys, the space dance is just so sweet. (laughs) I know, I know it's not going to win this round, but it's just, I mean, you have, you want to talk about comedy. You have a freaking fire extinguisher propelling Wally back and forth through space as Eve is trying to catch up to him. They have the like three stooges passing each other two times before they figure out how to meet in the middle with the fire extinguisher. And then you get this Beautiful, almost pas de deux ballet sequence in space between the two of them as they're celebrating the fact that Wally still has the plant and Eve isn't in trouble anymore and they're together and it's so joyful. And then you get the moment of the people inside the spacecraft, and I know I'm losing Rashawn by bringing up the humans, but it's a really great moment because the woman is sitting in the chair marveling at the the universe around her and is able to engage someone else and they both not only make a mental connection by being like hey that's that little guy that's wally i know him but they make their first physical connection in the movie to each other and that physical connection coupled with what wally and eve have together coupled with the hope of Moving things forward in the universe and on Earth, that scene to me is the epitome of that movie. It's it's about connection and love and hope and appreciation.
3: That was good. Uh, no jokes. That was that was a good summary. Um, I will say also, beyond the jokes, the frozen scene also has a really masterful bit of world building happening in it. Because all the action is happening out his window and it's this destruction and the, and the city is under attack. And in, in a lot of superhero movies, it would just the superhero would just appear the action or you would see him go to a phone booth and rip off his button up shirt. But the Incredibles in the same way that in the same way that Monsters Inc. did it for Monsters, the Incredibles kind of showcases the Jesus word again, the bureaucracy of superheroes and sort of what happens in the in between. And you see this. This is a result of someone who's been a superhero for years and years and his wife who, yes, he's a superhero, but that's just his job. No, you can't go into the office today. We have a dinner date. No, you can't go save the city today. We have a dinner date. Everyone knows that scene, dude. Yeah. Are we just jumping into this one?
0: Are we just going to vote? I'm really
3: honest. What's up? No, go, go, go. I don't think Heimlich's that funny. There I said it.
2: What is not funny?
1: It's he's German and chunky, and he has little baby that, wings.
0: I think Francis is the funniest character. Francis yeah. is really
1: fucking funny. That one, because he's like for is... the adults, and then Heimlich is for the kids. Heimlich for the kids. I the think kids. that's
3: what it
0: was. So it's Dim. Dim is the Beetle. I think Dim is mm-hmm. for the kids too.
1: Right.
3: I don't like being told what to do, and Heimlich as it seems like one of those characters who's telling me to laugh. But we have to go back to a point we made a Paranorman.
1: The bully is for the kids, remember? And then everything else is for non-kids. Heimlich is for the kids. And Mel. And me. (laughs) Okay.
3: (laughs) Okay, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. (laughs) I'm
1: like, up. You <laughs>
0: oh lord i don't know because i think the other two are less scenes and more kind of gags
3: my vote is for the space dance time out <laughs> what makes it a gag and not a scene
1: right for a either gag of ours. is a scene
0: The the super suit scene is like a cutaway from the action and Heimlich turning into a butterfly is literally like five seconds at the end of the movie. (laughs) Like, I don't think those are fully formed scenes the way that these two are.
1: Whatever.
3: That's my vote. That's my vote. I'm not changing your mind. I disagree, but I know I won't change your mind.
2: I'm voting for Dash in The Incredibles. I'm voting
1: for Frozone suit.
3: I know I could count on you. (laughs) It's It's funny. (laughs) <laughs> oh it's got samuel
1: L. what the hell you knew where my head was at uh,
3: yeah, I, know. <laughs> I hadn't rewatched the incredibles before we recorded this and i forgot about the dash scene if i'm being totally honest i think i gotta go to the dash scene that's a good scene
2: <gasps> <What? laughs> it's really good it's really, it's good. really, it's really good.
3: good the incredibles made the list for sean wow. did you expect that
0: i didn't because i have to Go after Josh, even though he just voted for me, and explain a rivalry that he and I have. Because he doesn't love The Incredibles
3: as much as I want him to love <laughs> He calls me Mr. Superhero, says I like every superhero movie, and when I tell him, yeah, I like, don't love a superhero movie, he loses his
1: mind. <laughs>
0: because this movie puts half the MCU to shame.
3: That is a true statement, and I will not argue that. Okay, great.
0: The best scene in the Pixar library is Dash's first run from The Incredibles. Round four! (laughs) Round four is the best vocal performance in the entire Pixar filmography.
2: I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna throw it.
3: up. I do not want to be last in this one, you guys.
2: But I am going to enter in Mr. Ed Asner as Carl from Up. Mm,
1: I am entering in Miss Mindy Kaling as Disgust from In and Out.
3: In and Out? In and Out? In and Out. Get her some fries, bro. <laughs> get- <laughs> uh.
1: Y'all seen that one? Y'all seen In and Out? <laughs> she plays a little burger, <laughs> bro. My phone. I don't know what's more embarrassing, this or my phone auto-correcting Inside Out to In and Out.
3: Bitch, you didn't mean inside out. I got you, girl. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! Should I say it again?
0: No, please, no. Oh, fine, it's in.
1: <laughs> the movie I was talking about is Inside Out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if this doesn't
3: stay, and I'll be so mad. In and out.
0: The twenty fifth Pixar
3: film, In and Out. Oh, I'm sweating.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> didn't even know I said it. Like, it would have just stayed in if y'all didn't say anything. (laughs) I'm crying. Moving along. Uh,
0: Yeah, my choice for best vocal performance is Ned Beatty as Lotso Hugging Bear from Toy Story 3.
3: Mm. Oh, that's good. Y'all know this is coming. Tom Hanks, Woody from Toy Story 1. And no one wants to go first. I, know, I,
2: I will start. Okay. I sang Amy Poehler's praises in our decade episode. And I stand by that 1000%. But Ed Asner as little grandpa baby Carl in Up is equal parts scary, heartbreaking, joyful, courageous, funny sweet we go on a vocal journey with carl and with ed asner in this movie from total and complete despair to hope hey what do you you think you're doing i am so sorry sir don't touch that no 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 Uh, let me take care of that for you get away from me sir
0: i i don't want you to touch it
2: He is scary, and he is intimidating, and he is gruff. But there's still so much humanity in his performance. And I think Ed Asner does that in a way that no other actor could do.
0: Co-sign everything you said about Ed Asner. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. hmm And I think Pixar acknowledged that, took that, handed it to Ned Beatty, and subverted all that to make him the villain of Toy Story 3. Because everything he does is almost a play on what Carl does in, in Up. And you kind of lower everyone's defenses and kind of put them at ease. And he gives them a tour through Shady Side and lets them know that they're welcome and everything's great. And then when the switch flips and you realize that he's not this welcome host, he's more... Like a a terrifying version of what Jesse went through, you're terrified because you, they've done such great laying of the groundwork for Lotso, and then you realize that he's a little bit more complex than that, and he's keeping these toys here as a warden, and they're not leaving because they have a purpose that all toys have, which is to serve these toddlers. They they take a lot of the warmth of, of Ned Beatty's voice and a lot of the comfort And they use that as a weapon in the final stretch of Toy Story. And then when he finally realized what happened to him and you you hear the hurt in his voice and the pain and the anger, it's just really devastating.
3: Back to Toy Story 1. So (laughs) Woody obviously has a lot of iconic moments in all four Toy Stories. But I picked one because and obviously, I won't even bother arguing at this point, Tom Hanks as Woody. He is so iconic that when Woody needs to be voiced in video games and promotional materials and Tom Hanks can't make it. The only person that's ever done Woody's voice is Tom Hanks, brother. Chet Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> <He's good. laughs> I wish I could do a Patois dialect and do a Woody line, but I won't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, only because I can't, if I could, I would. So But in in Toy Story 1, those are his most dynamic lines. A lot of them are for jokes, and a lot of them are, are heightened, and a lot of them Tom Hanks can do. We all know Tom Hanks can do the sweet, mellow. But Toy Story 1's Woody lines are so funny. Every scene has at least one line where after he says it or while he's saying it, while you're watching it, you have to say it out loud with him or right after. Can you picture anyone else saying, You are a toy! it's perfect. Or, there's no time to panic. Just a the perfect time to panic! It's, <laughs> and of course that's not flying. That's falling with style. The The emotional lines also hit. But he's also got the humor when the snake steals his hat. I'm woody, howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm just gonna quote Toy Story at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, it's uh-huh. a shark. Uh-huh. Give me that. What did I say? The,
1: the snake. snake. It's a Oops, little rubbish.
3: Yeah, I knew it was a shark. I don't know why. Oh, because...
1: There's a snake in my boot.
3: The next line I was going to say, there's a snake in my boot. Reach for the sky. And if we're talking about levels and subverting and being scary, when Sid picks him up and he starts giving those lines as if he's a demented toy, Jesus, at the very end, when he turns his head and goes, so play nice. Tom Hanks destroys his Woody. He carries this on his back. That's it.
1: I mean, okay, so Mindy Kaling, I feel like is disgust they wrote this character and then they're like there's no one else like we got to get mindy in here because if you've seen the office if you've seen the mindy project she is the same description as disgust it's intelligent fiery and i feel like to put her voice into this character who is an 11 year old i feel like that's exactly what an 11 year old is it's like I'm not too young, but I'm not old enough. And I kind of have that like little sassy fire where I'm like, Mom, don't talk to me. I feel like that's everything that Mindy is embodying in this little character. Maybe this will help my case, but I feel like she's not even doing like a whole lot. This is just who she is. She just like shows up at the mic and like whatever the script is, it's like perfection. I feel like she got in there, did it in 30 minutes, and they're like, Yeah, that's perfect. Like this is discussed and this is gonna work. I already know what my answer is. Like I already know who I'm voting for.
3: Can you be swayed? No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Carmela, don't I be don't. listening
3: to no
0: argument. I
1: I literally listen to everyone so well. You just
3: said no. I can't be swayed.
1: But I can't be swayed. I that doesn't mean I did not listen.
3: That's the tricky thing with Disney and with Pixar. People be dug in.
0: Hmm. I don't think that's very fair.
1: Okay, yes, I could be swayed.
3: Roshan, you should have said the prospector. <laughs> there I said it. What? I said you should have said the prospector. There I said it. I would have picked it if you said the prospector. But you went, no. The prospector is a prospector. Lotso is the same thing that the prospector is in terms of emotional switch. No.
1: One it's smells not. like strawberries and one doesn't.
3: <laughs> and one smells like farts. I almost submitted the Toy Story 2 blooper reel for my best scene, by the way. You fucking should I <laughs> You would have you still voted for me either way. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, cowboy.
1: They broke me. What are y'all doing? Running back to your kid? He don't want you no more. That's a lie. Is it? Tell me this, Sheriff. If your kid loves you so much, why is he leaving? You think you're special, cowboy? You're a piece of plastic. You were made to be thrown away. Speak of the devil.
0: What sets Lazzo away from the Prospector is is pain as opposed to selfishness. I don't think I think the Prospector is just selfish, and he's ready to get to where he needs to go. Lazzo has been dealt a terrible hand, and he's been abandoned and hurt. Prospector's just like I want to get to this fucking museum and live a, a posh life outside of the posh life that I already live. Lotso's like down on his luck and he's trying to pull everybody down with him. And he's coming, like Jesse, he's coming from a place of hurt.
2: Okay. I'm just saying you're talking about the character, not the vocal performance.
0: Well, I'm responding to a criticism. So that's why I said that. And I don't think that vocally the prospector and Lotso are the same at all. But he said that they were the same.
3: I did. Yeah, I said that. All right. <laughs> Let's just do it.
2: Now first, I vote for Tom Hanks as Woody. Oh, I vote for Tommy Hanks as Woody.
0: I vote for Ned Beatty as Lotso Hucking Bear.
3: Who's <laughs> <laughs> your vote, Beat? Tom Hanks. I vote for the late, great Ed Asner. Woody. Put it on the board, baby. I got my dollar. If here.
1: Woody wasn't on the list, like we should just stop podcasting. We should and, just like, quit. Not oh, really. <laughs> relax for sure oh this Chaos. next one what all if right the first... best
0: vocal performance obviously in the pixar library is tom hanks as woody our final round we've made it ladies and gents This is the most appropriate category we could have for the Pixar filmography. And that is the best tearjerker moment. The waterworks. The emotions. Let's cry. Let's have it out.
2: I sent y'all the picture. You sure did.
3: This is the one I didn't want to go first for because I have like a four-way tie and I was hoping y'all would break it up a little bit. All right. I'm just going to go with Up, the opening, the prologue with Carl and Ellie.
2: I'm going to submit Miguel singing to Grandma Coco, "Remember Me."
0: I am submitting "When She Loved Me" from Toy Story. 2. Fuck.
2: Ah. I'm choosing
1: Coco, the scene when Chicharron dies. Okay. E. <clears throat> what do we?
3: What do we say? What do we do? Sorry. We no. cry. That, that's our fourth. We <laughs> cry. <cried. No, like,
1: laughs> yeah. How do we
3: choose one?
1: Bucky also, tubbed. like.
3: Honorable mentions to fucking pretty much every other mm-hmm. Pixar. Mm-hmm. Toy Story three in the incinerator, Inside Out with among, fucking, I'm sad.
2: I don't even know how to. I don't, how.
3: Yeah, how do you justify what's sadder? <laughs> <laughs> sadder. Yeah. I will say when it comes to tearjerker, mm-hmm. Up took the world by surprise. Everyone like the opening from Up. The opening from Up because it 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 starts the same way every Disney Pixar whatever light animated you get this quick mute cute you get this flash forward so you can get to the old man and then it fucking cuts your knees off i can't watch it
1: so i actually haven't seen the whole movie of up <gasps> ma'am
3: have you seen the but beginning but what
1: i have seen yes it's just the beginning okay. Like you said, a lot of people are like, What you haven't seen up, you just gotta see the beginning. And fuck, I yeah, it's really fucking devastating. This list is so hard.
0: I listen to Married Life, the track by mm-hmm. Michael Giacchino, on a weekly basis. It's, I have a playlist of scores. Married Life is number one.
3: I know this isn't really part of the tearjerker aspect, but anytime Carl does something that was related to ellie or or something ellie wanted to do like when the house finally takes off when he finally gets to paradise falls it's always it's always dropped into the score at different places that little melody
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh.
2: lazy remember me how are you gonna do this to me listen i have seen coco in whole once same girl and it is because of that damn song. I sent you guys the photo. I watched it just that scene again last night to make sure that was my entry for this. And I hysterically cried for at least 10 minutes. I didn't even need the buildup. I didn't need anything that came afterwards. There are so many elements to it that make it so touching and devastating and wonderful and sweet and i think that's a reason why this moment is the biggest tearjerker for me because it's not just sad it is full of remembrance and it's full of love and in the process of miguel singing it singing the song that was written by grandma coco's father for her while he was gone and out on the road As her mind and her body are deteriorating, she comes back. Part of her comes back and sings with him and then is able to relay all these stories about her father to her family. It's the power of music. It's the power of family. And it's the power of love. It is a gut punch, but it's also so full of love at the same time i it still it just devastates me and fills me up in a way i still don't think i can listen to that song <laughs> i don't think i can do it
0: i think if we're talking about tearjerkers if we're talking about pixar moments this is the blueprint baby <laughs> 1999 this is where pixar realized their superpower mm-hmm. before that it was just toy story and a bug's life which are Masterpieces, I think, but there was no emotional like linchpin moment until you get to Jesse's backstory in Toy Story Two. Sarah McLaughlin,
1: oh baby, puppies girl.
0: everywhere. <laughs> no, what that voice does, and I'm you're about happy. to get
3: adopted. I'm about to get.
0: <laughs> that is hope. That is light at the end of the tunnel because I heard Miss McLaughlin. And I think you're you're with her. You're seeing her happy. You're seeing her being a toy, and then the gut punch of her just being left—it's uh, just devastating. And then everything that comes after this, this is this is this is patient zero, baby. This is where the tears started for Pixar. Moving,
2: you feel like you're alive because that's how he sees you.
3: How did you know that? Because Emily was just the same. She was my whole world. When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. Every hour we spent together lives within my heart.
2: And when she was sad, I was there to try Did
3: this Was this original for... for... Toy Story 2?
0: Yeah, it was nominated, uh, but I think it lost to You'll Be In My Heart.
3: God damn. Murderers I Road. I know, I'm like, fair, fair, <laughs> fair. Bill yeah, Collins took no prisoners, do you understand? None.
0: none.
1: Coco, it's already kind of like deep within concepts. You know, it's talking about afterlife, it's talking about heritage, talking about family, etc. And... We're halfway through this movie Miguel's figuring out what's really going on here and we meet chicharron who is this memory that's like already on the out in a kids movie you kind of aren't always sure if they're really going to take you there you you don't spend much time with this character you kind of just find out that he's been here for a while he's kind of forgotten and that's his whole character is just like completely sad there are people out there like that and Miguel at such a young age is realizing that and kind of makes him think about his family and his life as well. And you see that he he really does go. And I think that's the point of the movie where the tears just started flowing. So by the time we get to remember me, I'm completely gone. That's kind of the tipping point and a bit of a mirror between Chicharron and Coco at the end. This is what could have happened, but we still have memory and love and hope at the end.
3: Anybody got any daggers?
2: <laughs> no. I, I mean the only song.
3: to Mela, but that's just because there's a stronger one from the same yeah. movie in this yeah. lineup.
2: Like is the criteria the one that is the most devastating or is it just I mean is it just tears?
0: Yeah, why did why did you cry? I guess. I don't know. Because I will be honest, I didn't cry it up.
3: Whoa. I love it. What?
0: I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I didn't cry. I listened to that song, like I said, literally every week. Did you hear the Never. first time? No.
3: <gasps> You're a great <Grinch>, baby. <laughs>
0: I know. I have said time and time again, I am soulless. But I listen that music is gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And I it's such a beautiful moment. I don't have any water left in my body after remember me.
2: None,
0: and it is like organic to the story. But I don't, I don't know that Up isn't organic to the story. I don't well, know. Yeah,
3: the story of Up is the is
1: the beginning. Carl and Ellie's. Yeah,
3: yeah. it is the it is the jumping off point. The, the story doesn't happen without that scene. Story should stop at the end of that scene.
1: Whoa, oh, okay.
3: Sean doesn't like Up.
1: Oh, I don't fuck? like that after the Let's opening. Into I don't really like it. Let's get oh. into it. What about
3: Doug? What about Kevin?
0: The way you feel about Heimlich, that's how I feel about Doug.
2: Yeah, but Doug's a
3: dog. Okay.
2: A golden retriever.
3: What about Kevin? Kevin's a little funny. Ah. Kevin's that chaotic sidekick
0: that I live for. That movie movie does not do it for me in any shape, way, or form.
3: Well, you heard it here first, listeners. Except (laughs) for
0: Married Life.
3: The Jesse scene was my second pick but that's more so because I'm more familiar with it and I know it and I've seen it more and I could probably defend it more. But I'm aware of what of the juggernaut that is Remember Me. That is not lost on me.
2: And I want to add in, while I have it at the top of my head, I think Remember Me is also as powerful as it is because it spans generations. It connects a grandson to his grandmother, to her father. It's transcendent time.
3: I want to give a shout out to Toy Story 3 because I have a uh, as as they would say in Inside Out a core memory of me and uh, a few of my high school friends seeing Toy Story 3 in the theater surrounded by a bunch of children and crying hysterically at the incinerator scene while the children around us were ice cold.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I was I was like the children.
1: <laughs> Jesus. What?
0: and i don't disagree that it's a sad moment i just didn't
3: you knew that it wasn't
0: gonna
1: end i don't
0: know i didn't i didn't i was like oh this this might be it i cried at the end when when he, he gave gives his toys them away. all to bonnie yeah that was my that one's, choice
3: that's a sweet cry yeah. all right um we're delaying the inevitable i think we all know the winner here should we get it over with
1: i don't know the winner i honestly don't
3: you don't i do do you okay well, let's vote are you just giving first it? I can't vote for myself, for one, and I'm I'm genuinely voting for Remember Me. Oh. Oh, or do we have a tie in our hands? Uh-oh. Vote with your tear ducts, baby.
1: It's up. If it's up, it's stuck for Shawty.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you think, just...
0: Well, I know what Carmella's voting for. Do you? Yes. Because I'm out. Voting for. Oh, us score! The score! The score's unreal. I'm voting for Remember Me.
1: I'm voting for
3: Remember Me. Yeah, Mel, you tried to play like it was some big Yeah, like we all
0: know.
1: I was almost gonna vote for Jesse. Like too. that was, was on so, my list. I was so.
0: No, boring. you both of y'all no.
1: Yes, I really was. Yes, I was, Rashawn. That's why I was like, you don't know.
0: So then why didn't you? <laughs>
1: because i was like nah remember me really had me torn up
0: okay then don't say that
1: <laughs> it was on flat, my list flat, cool.
0: flat. the best tearjerker from the pixar filmography is remember me from coco
2: at the base ah! with the guitar i
0: hope you're not driving
2: <laughs> i pack. hope not either over,
3: lacy <laughs> pull over,
0: baby. Lacey, pull
2: over. <laughs>
3: even if I'm far away I hold you in my heart I sing a secret song to you each night we are apart remember me though I have to travel far remember me each time you hear a sad guitar know that I'm with you while you're pulled over go on to apple podcast make sure to leave a like <laughs> rate and review my boy.
0: if you're if you're stopping your run to have a nice cry follow us
3: <laughs> emotions S- are Bible high deck. just lead with that lead with that <laughs>
0: all right guys i feel like that was our most or maybe the halloween one was that was our most cordial episode for the most part
3: yeah there's less arguing more making fun of Mela in this one and honestly that's okay
1: yeah <laughs> If you're listening for the first time, there's a lot more of this in many other episodes.
0: Um, As we come out of the Halloween season, we're heading into the holiday season and we are so grateful for all of you listeners. So while you're here, if you like this episode, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cinephile Attack. Find us on whatever platform you're listening to right now. Hit subscribe. We got some great stuff coming your way. If you have any suggestions for a new episode or you just want to show us some love and or hate, we take it all. Email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Rashawn, Mella, Josh,
2: and Lacey.
0: Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next week.